Okay, guys. Um, episode of Timberwolves talk today. Um, day after game three of the NBA first round Timberwolves versus Grizzlies. Uh, you guys obviously don't need an introduction to what happened. Um, probably one of the worst games ever played in the NBA playoffs. I mean, I've never seen a personally seen a team before blow two 20 point leads, but uh, we saw it last night. Um, we're going to go over what went wrong, what we think we can do better for next game and kind of try to instill some hope. Cause obviously it's a pretty gloomy day today. I mean, it's raining in the Midwest all over. No one's happy, but we'll, we'll, we'll provide some hope for game four. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to look at this, but obviously if you watched the game last night, you didn't go to bed happy. You didn't, uh, you didn't walk away from that game with a smile on your face. But if you've watched a, a lot of Timberwolves games, then you kind of know that feeling well. I mean, I feel like I've I've been in that exact spot many times, especially last year. Just like there, like we've kind of forgotten lately because the Timberwolves have been playing so well. Is that no game is ever safe when you're the Minnesota Timberwolves, and that's just kind of been something that it, for the last two years or even more, we've always struggled with. Um. I don't know. I'm 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 not gonna lie. Last night when I was watching the game in the third quarter, we went on a run. We we brought the lead back up to twenty, and I remember telling someone, I said, "Hey, nothing right now is making me more happier than the Minnesota Timberwolves." Because I thought we were gonna win the game. I said, "This is over. We we won the game," and then I I would say it, it's one of the worst losses in Minnesota sports history. One of the biggest collapses in Minnesota sports history. I mean, two twenty. Two 20-point leads in one game, we should be getting made fun of by the media. But at the same time, it's a 2-1 series. Uh, we have a home game coming up. We're the seven seed. They're the two seed. We're still in a pretty good spot. If you were to, This is a, a Dave Ben's uh, tweet right here. He said, if I were to tell you guys at the beginning of this series that we were tied 2-2 going back to Memphis, I think every single person would be happy and feel like we're in a good spot. So... It really is not the end of the world, but we can't uh, we can't sit back and act like there's not a lot of blame to be passed out from the uh, the epic collapse last night. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. I was debating that with my roommate last night. He's he's all Minnesota sports teams, and he said, um, you know, maybe 2009 uh, playoff game versus the Saints was worse with the Favre pick, but I mean. I think I think I think we have to wait till the end of the series. I think if we if it really does go all downhill from here and we end up losing the the next two games and get eliminated, I think that this game will be it'll have more more value of being a horrible loss. I mean, but, let, let, let's call before we put some optimism in. Let, let's call a spade a spade. It should be two one series in our favor. We got another home game game four. It could possibly be extended to three one and we could add the series in the bag. So that's yeah. that's why it hurts the most. Well not besides blowing the 20 point lead. Oh that yeah that does because we it, and like we celebrate we were celebrating the win. Like it was like it was that like you don't blow 26 point leagues you gotta college. be dumb. you don't you don't do that in college. You rarely do that in high school. In the NBA especially you try when try to do that bro 
especially in the NBA when their best player, who some are saying is is the next up, next up face of the league, John Morant, only scores 16 points. He was not the reason why they won that game. He's not the reason they came back. You know, like, they, 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 they do everything that I want this team to do. They rebound and they move the ball on the perimeter. And that, if you do that consistently, you're always going to start chipping away and you play good defense, grab boards, keep getting in, keep getting good looks, keep getting fouled. I mean, I'll give credit to the Grizzlies, man. You get the amount of resilience you got to have to overcome. That is like overcoming two mountains in one game. And they it, did it. Credit and, to them. And if the Wolves were in that position, and we were, we were down 26 at one point in game two down 28 and we didn't and we we didn't like that's what i'm saying like we would give up if we were in that position and i think especially chris if me and you are watching the game we're down 26 we're saying there's not a single chance we're coming back from this and memphis believed man they kept chipping away and they they came back they really did and that's that's incredible yeah it's man just, it, it stings because it, like i was so hype for you know game one game two game three and now like it's just I know I'm going to get hyped tomorrow, but man, it hurts. It's just like, you just know in the back of your head, but that, I think that's the thing that can keep a team like this back. Just game three lingering in their head, this entire mm. series. And you, you got to flush it. Like it happened. Like, yeah, dude, every, get it out of your head. I think we should go right into the elephant in the room. The, the guy that's making national media, everyone's talking about him. I know, I know there's a lot of talk about the coach as well, but I want to talk about Carl Anthony Towns and he kind of said exactly what you just said, Chris. He said, they said, how do you get the team regrouped? How do you do all this? And he said, go home, drink some wine. And uh, what, what were the words he used? Something like Recoup that. or I something. I don't know the exact, exact. But like, words. he's right. That that really is what you need to do. There's no, you don't need to get the, the team hyped up at all. Because if if you're a human and you lose a game like that, it, if you're a competitor at all, that's all that needs to be done. You know that you can't lose the next game. You know you got to come back and and put on a show. So really, all you got to do is just just flush it exactly like you said. So I don't think that statement was that horrible that he made, honestly. Yeah, no, I, I saw him getting some heat for that. And yeah. you know, cat, cat post game, always he's horrible. He's horrible. He's I think like to listen to. I think that's why he gets a bad rap from his own fans or his own fans in quotation marks is because he's. He never says the right thing, really. He, what we would like is we would just like him to say, "Hey, I could have played better. Um, I, f- I, I was in the wrong on these fouls. That's all I want him to say." I was in the like, wrong. I could have played better, and we're gonna come get him next game. I'm sorry that we, that we blew that lead. Like, just take some accountability and just move on. No, I don't like the the next question thing. What what was the question they asked him? They say, "Why didn't you shoot? Why did you only shoot four shots?" Next, it's just yeah, kind fair. of a douchey thing to say. If I'm going to be honest, like it, that's a very oh. that's a great question to ask. If if you hand anyone the box score and they know nothing about basketball, and you say, "Oh yeah, Carl Anthony Towns is their superstar. They pay him 130 million." And then the first question everyone would say was, "Oh, why did he only take four shots?" Like that's not a bad question to ask. I don't know how you'd say next question to that. So here's my analysis of Carl Anthony Towns this series and last night. It's there's really no new analysis is the funny part. It's this shit happens in the regular season. It's just no, no national media has seen it until now. Um, we get to play shitty teams in the regular season. Sometimes he kills those teams because they can't, they don't have the personnel to do what teams are starting to do with them now. And I don't even think the Grizzlies have the right personnel to do it. It's just Carl is 
I don't I think delusional is a poor word. I it's but he is delusional. He he doesn't understand that he's fouling and he gets frustrated because he doesn't understand what the refs see versus what he's seeing with his own eyes. And then he gets in his head, he gets frustrated and he commits more stupid fouls and he complains more. And it's a never ending cycle of never having him on the court. Nas Reed being playing pretty bad this series, like really bad. And I, it's, you know, Nas deserves some blame because it's, it's been a really poor showing from him, but cat cat needs to be on the floor for 40, plus minutes and he can't seem to do it i just i i don't know well, in it the funny funny thing is is he only had three game one and game three game one i think he only had one foul and game three he only had three defensive fouls like he did good he was a good defender last night and that's like he had five blocks i thought he did really well with walling up on defense the bulk of his fouls came on offense it was dumb jumping into some people in the paint uh, over the backs. Like he just loses control on the court and it's, I, you can't, we can't have a meltdown in the playoffs like that. I don't know. No, we can't. And um, a point I want to bring up about Carl Anthony towns is the reason why Carl Anthony towns, I know right now it's a hard thing to say, but Carl Anthony towns is a basketball unicorn. He's a, a once in a gener- he's a generational talent. I mean, there's not many players that play like Carl Anthony Towns. We are lucky to have Carl Anthony Towns and the talent that he has. But do you know why he is so good? He can shoot because he's two dimensional. I, w- I would argue that he's a better shooter than he is an inside post player. So when you have Carl Anthony Towns and he's, he's a two dimensional player, that is what makes him a good basketball player. But when he completely takes that dimension of his game out, that he is so good. He he is arguably the best in the league. He won the three-point contest. And when he only shoots one three and he has to rely on his post game, which is is weak, he's not a great post player, then he it's just he's only giving half of his and that just it takes away from everything. Cause when he's when he's a, a, a threat to shoot the three then they have to respect that. And that's how he gets to the basket. That's what makes him effective. So when he's not shooting the three, I mean, he's not that great of a player. If I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, no, to add on to that, I think, I think he is a good low block player. It's just the way teams are starting to see is he can't pass out of the low block. Mm. Like he's a very good, he has a very good hook shot. I think he's got some, you know, drop step moves that are pretty good at times. It's just, He's really his his strengths are driving on centers at the top of the key. He's faster than every single center in the league. I don't Embiid could not guard him, mm. and, and you'd you'd say Embiid's a top big defender. Embiid couldn't keep up with him. He drops thirty bombs on Embiid all the time. Cat took four shots last game, four shots, and that was the lowest shot total of his career. Wow! And he's in his seventh year in a crucial home playoff game to try to break the series tie. And he chooses to take four shots because he can't keep himself on the court. Mm. And it's just back at your, I think cat had the opportunity to shoot about eight threes last you game. And I would have every I single I one of them. And the thing is when they're going to play him little like that, dude, he can shoot over anybody. Anyone. He can even shoot over Kyle Anderson and he would have, you saw it. So there was a, when it was like tie ball game where we were down by three, I think 
when he got yeah, the travel he was at the top well no no, no i'm not talking oh. about that but when he was at the top of the key he finally shot a shot and he cashed it i'm like dude do that more you're you can do that more yeah dude i just it makes no sense man it just i is there something wrong with them in the head i don't know <laughs> what it is dude if you if i looked at this box score and i saw carl anthony towns um if i saw eight points over 15 from threes um and then the rest of the same stats i would be so m- much less upset about it if he missed if he shot 15 threes and missed them all i think i would feel so much better about this loss i would feel so much better about carl anthony town it's just i just don't understand how you can be the three point champion um i don't understand how people can say you're a better shooter than dirk nowinski and not shoot a single three or shoot one three and then try to shoot he's, another one. He and said get he's a better shooter than Dirk. He said it. Yeah. And I and get then, it, man. I, I, I do get it. I, there's a lot of mental stuff going on in basketball. And you know what? You know what is only going to make it worse? And you know what only is making it worse? Now, now that national media, everyone is climbing on this cat sucks, all this. So I, I, I surely hope, Chris, I hope Carl Anthony Towns hasn't touched Twitter. I hope he hasn't turned on the TV unless that motivates him. But I really, I just, I hope he doesn't see that because he's a great player, man. He, I think Bill Simmons said it the best. He said he doesn't think he's ever seen such a disappointing, great player in his life. That's wild. Like everyone knows cat is so supremely talented. It's just, he disappoints in the biggest moments. And that that's, I, it hurts. Like it hurts. It hurts. It hurts, Chris, but one thing I the thing that has been sitting with me the most is because last night after the game, I went out to the bars and I was I was talking. It was the only thing I could think to do after a game like that is just went out to the bars, talked to a lot of Wolves fans and everyone was upset. And the thing I heard the most was cat needs to go. I'm done with cat. Let's get a new guy. And I think if, if that's what you think. I think that's a fair thing. That's a fair thing to say. But I really think that you sh- you can't judge Cat till after this series, because I was just, I was just about to say that. Because right. if we're like, um, I think it w- it was Bill Simmons. He said, or no, maybe it was JJ Redick was talking about the ceiling of the Timberwolves, and he said, if you win this, if the Timberwolves win the series, it's going to be because of Anthony Edwards. But I disagree with that. I think if the Wolves come back and win this series, it's going to be in a large part because of Carl Anthony Towns and how he responds to this. So I, I really don't think saying that we're done with Carl Anthony Towns. I don't, I don't believe in Carl Anthony Towns long-term is, is a valid thing to say yet until this series is over. Because like we just said, it's a, it's a one, two series. We have one more game at the target center. We haven't lost three games in a row since January 2nd. I think I saw January. Yep. So like we, there's a very good chance. We, we go, we leave Minnesota on Saturday with a two, two series. And I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm, you're you're right. I think after this series, you know, if we lose and there's a lot of the same stuff that comes up, the foul issues, the low shots, I that's tough because I think this team is about to be a perennial playoff team, kind of how like the Jazz and the Blazers were, and like they're gonna be one of those teams that are gonna make the playoffs for like five, six straight years. It's just at that point, you gotta get guys who perform in the playoffs. I, I hope Cat turns around. I really do. He will. Um, this this ownership group, I can tell you for sure, wants winning teams, and uh, they're gonna make sure and do everything they can to possibly win. So it'll it'll be interesting. I'm Cat's bounce back game in four will be 
awesome. Hopefully, hopefully it'll be a great story that we can talk about. But let's go on to the next guy I want to talk can about. I, can I, can I, to touch on. Yeah, I got one more thing to say. I, I, I really do think that even even if even if Cat continues his bad play over this series and we we lose the next two games and we're done, I really I, I don't think I would be able to give up on Cat yet after that even i think that i want to see him with the correct roster built around him i want him to i want to see him play with a legit large power forward or a seven foot center and maybe just i i feel like he would he could really benefit from a different roster and i think he's just that talented of a player and i just don't think maybe he's not being used right or he's not he doesn't see it in himself right but i just don't think he's the type of player that you can just get rid of after one bad playoff series and give up on him that easy that's to speak to speak on the four actually i thought i thought the power forward was one of the only bright spots actually this game i thought vando had one of his best games of the yep. season oh yeah um and you know i th- i think finch kind of figured that out that if they're gonna go play that small ball he's he told vando like just go wreck havoc on the inside like just go <laughs> try to rebound and he did 13 he did. 13 rebounds, six offensive rebounds. Vando was great. Vando was really good. Um, but we'll we'll leave it at that. The guy well, I want to go to next is not the is not the young gun yet. I'll talk about him in a little bit. <laughs> I want to go to D'Angelo Russell because that was another good, you know, spot for a little bit. Actually, most of the game. Yeah. Most of the game. The first three quarters, I thought D'Lo was getting to his shots. He was knocking down the open three, which was the big issues the first two games. I thought he wasn't hitting his open shots or taking them for that fact uh the mid-range was dropping a lot more which is good and the thing i loved about it the most was he was getting inside he was laying it up that's what i wanted to see d'lo do all season is get to the paint and he he was running out on breaks getting steals and then the fourth quarter came and it that's like d'lo's time man yeah. uh you know it's it's tough when you when we can't get at least a point from d'lo in the fourth but you, that's what I'm saying. You need you need two out of the three of these guys to be on, and nobody was on in the fourth. And that's oh. that's what that's how 21-0 leads happen. I thought Malik was pretty bad in the fourth too. Um, well, when you look at a game like this, when we were when we so I mean, if you're gonna get a 26 point lead in an NBA playoff game, you have to be doing something right. If you do it twice, you have to be doing something right. So there has to be something that we were doing during those runs that we went on. Cause not only like we, we blew a bunch of leads, but we also got a bunch of leads. You got to look at that as well. Like that's what makes it so disappointing, but that's where you can also look and say, Hey, how the hell were we able to dominate this team? Not once, but twice in this game or for most of the game. And like, what, what do you think we were doing? Well, that there was, was two, there was two things we were doing really well. And it, it it's kind of two things we talked about. We were able to blitz John, get a lot of turnovers up top at the perimeter um which we've been doing all season and then we were able to move the ball and like it always me and you say it every single podcast when the ball stopped moving that's when they stop they're so bad in the half court when the ball's not moving it's unbelievable like Mm -hmm. if one guy's just dribbling for six seconds and i i noticed it but like they are so damn slow setting up offense. Like, have you noticed that? They're just at the top of key, like telling people, get over there, get over there. I'm like, guys, and the shot clock's there's 13 already getting seconds left on the shot clock. Yeah. Start moving. And it, it, that's what happens. They get stagnant and then runs happen like that. But when they're aggressive, they're feeding off the crowd and you can't rely just on the crowd, but use it to your advantage. 
Yeah, they're blitzing Ja, and he's turning the ball over, and they're keeping him out of the paint, and that's that's the thing that happened in the, you know, Ja started getting in the paint in the fourth, and that's what killed him. Yeah, when we um, in that first half, dude, we, or the first half, and when we were going on those runs, we were running so well, like we we were, we kept getting stops, quick outlet, let's run, and it was, it was so exciting to watch, and just. I think there was a pivotal point, and I don't know if this was in the third quarter or the fourth quarter. Do you remember when Jaden McDaniels had his little – he had a little stretch there where he had about three straight possessions. We were up by a lot, so it was like, all right, whatever. Like, this game's over. But he missed a dunk on an alley-oop. I think he had a turnover and something else. But it was like back-to-back-to-back-to-back. He had like four really bad plays back-to-back. And then, like, at that point, like, that's kind of when we lost the lead. I don't – yeah, it's it's you know Jaden Jaden kind of showed his a little inexperience in the last two games, but I'm like he goes out there and provides an asset, which is defense, and I think that's really important, especially with the Grizzlies who are a really good half court offense. And that's I think the thing is is our identity isn't half court offense. Like we no. we love to play in transition, and even if it's not technically transition offense, it's Hey, we're gonna run down, sprint, do one pick, and we're getting to the hit. We're getting to the hoop because when we, when they get to sit in their defensive set, we are so bad. And this, this has been from the beginning of the year. Remember when we were like the worst, one of the worst offenses in half court? Yeah, weird. It, it looks like it. Like that's what it looks like. And I, I don't know how they fix that. I think it's ball movement and more screens and more movement. But it seems like all this team wanted to do was cat get on the low block we're going to try to feed you the ball and you make a play out of the double team that's kind of what the offense looked like when it was bad but when it was good it was pat bev going bully and jaw because he saw a mismatch pat bev passing out when he got doubled in the paint it was d'lo running pick and roll getting all the way to the hoop it i don't know i, don't, I think i mean there's yeah. going to be a lot and this is why i'm so happy nba teams have very large coaching staffs very People have specific duties because there's going to be so much to break down in this film from this game and maybe not even just for next game, but for the rest of the series. I think that we can learn a lot about this game. And um, and yeah, I I think kind of the things we're talking about, bad, bad half court offense. I think some of these fingers are have, are going to have to be pointed at at the coach, a guy who Charles Barkley doesn't even know his name. And he's already saying that maybe A-Rod needs to get rid of that coach that we have, that coach who brought the Timberwolves to the play-in for the first time in a long time, um, that coach who led one of the best – who led the best offense in the NBA, that coach who completely turned the franchise around, turned, turned the target center into one of the best arenas in the, in the league. But he is to blame for some of this. He does not, he does not um, get to escape our, our blame for sure. So what – what are your thoughts on that 21-0 run without a timeout? And I'll say it again because a lot of people will not be able to believe that, but a 21-0 run in the NBA with no timeouts. I think even just a 21-0 run before you add in the no timeouts part, that's almost unbelievable. But no timeouts, 21-0 run, what do you think about that? Yeah, that was that was kind of the big headline too with the TNT crew. I think everyone saw um... – yeah, so obviously I'm in that position. I'm probably taking a timeout at like the 10 0 mark, even probably 7-0. 7-0 mark. 7 0. Um, but like this this makes sense. I mean, this is how Finch so 
Finch had to use a lot of timeouts that he didn't want to, which is understandable. He, he challenged a play unsuccessful and he challenged a cat foul, which we've been asking for for a while. And I just to go off on a little bit. I'll come right back. But I think that's what our challenge has to be directed at the series. Every single time cat gets a questionable foul, I think you have to challenge it. Um, really? Wait. So, so I was, um, I was watching the game while I was doing like a film gallery. So I, I was watching on my phone. I wasn't able to listen. I thought we challenged or no, the, it was um, the knee. You're right. You're right. It was the it was the knee. I thought we it? challenged the D'Angelo Russell offensive knee foul and, the, and yeah. one. What the hell right. was that? I didn't I was I wasn't able to listen, but what the hell how the hell was that an offensive foul on, on D'Angelo Russell? They showed the replay. I don't understand no anything. Well, like what I, were like, they saying? What what was the well, reason? They say he kicked him in the, or he need him in the groin, but like the groin, so if that's the logic. What if I like accidentally like went up for a layup and I accidentally touched you in the stomach? Like, is that an offensive foul? Because the groin and the stomach shouldn't be different parts of the body. Because you can't direct your. It's he's going up in normal layup form. There was no egregious knee. So they I don't think know how it was an offensive foul. That was like, I guess I get how they could maybe do a no call on that, but that's an that's an and one. He got fouled and he made an amazing shot. I just don't. Uh, I, that's a horrible we'll, we'll call. Well, yeah, well, that was just a little tangent. But, yeah, I mean, I he had to use more. He had to use a timeout for the ant knee, too, which was unfortunate because I think ant probably could have played through it for mm. at least till a dead ball. And, like, we understand that Finch always wants to use that, use it or lose it timeout at the four-minute mark to regather the guys before clutch time. I understand his decision, but I think this team is a little too immature to not use a timeout there. Um but you also got to try to trust NBA players to not let a 21-0 run happen at the same time. So I, there's arguments on both sides. I think more so I'd rather him use the timeout than not on the run. Yeah, and I also think the thing with Chris Finch is he's not a guy who was a college coach that graduated his way up to the NBA. He didn't coach high school, college, and then the NBA. Or I don't think so. Did he? He, co- he coached in England for a while. Okay, but he does. I don't know. I just, I, and especially he hasn't coached any many playoff games. The game managing in the NBA, that's a hard thing. You got a lot of things to worry about when you're the head coach. I think it's something that he's only going to get better at, too. He's only going to get better at knowing when to call a timeout on a run. Like that's stuff that takes time. It takes reps. It takes situations like this where you learn. Takes trust in your guys, too. Takes trust in your guys. I think that, I mean, I don't think he's ever going to make that mistake again. I think that now he's – I think they've probably all talked about it. Like, hey, maybe 7-0 run from now on, we're going to call this. But, yeah, I don't think it's the end of the world. I don't agree with Charles Barkley saying we need a new coach or any of that. I think I firmly believe in Chris Finch. I think that he's got – I think I think with this game you saw, you saw a young team. You saw the young team that we are. You see guys that we say, oh, our vet's on our team, D'Angelo Russell, who's 26 years old. You see, yeah. that's how young we are. We are one of the, the youngest. We're, are we the youngest team in the NBA? One of Top, them. We're, yeah, we're one I of the youngest third. teams in the NBA. We Chris Finch, second year head coach. It's just that 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 inexperience showed. So you know what much else inexperience showed? I think too is D'Lo apparently was like a statue on the bench. Like he was, he was like telling like every time there's a side convo, he'd shut it up immediately. He was, he said, don't get too high. And then apparently cat on the sideline was laughing and stuff. And D'Lo, I think D'Lo said it. He was pretty mad about 
the side convos happening, acting like they were owed this game. And I think Delo is kind of the adamant professional of the group. And I don't think the Wolves bench will make that mistake again. I think everyone's got to be locked. Well, they know they have to be locked in now because if you're not locked in, that's what happens. Um, and, you know, yeah. I think um, I think we should segue right into optimism. I know we've been talking a lot about all the bad, but like we said earlier, there's a lot to be optimistic about. And I also think that this Wolves team, when do we perform best, Chris? Under the pressure, man. When we have to. We play best when we have to, or at least what we've seen so far is any game the Wolves have to win, they will win. And so I guess our strategy was, you know what, make ourselves get into a situation where we have to win a game. Because last game, it was, a, I mean, it wasn't a must-win game yet, but now this next game, game four at home, is must-win. So we've put ourselves in the situation where we have to win. And I think that a player like Anthony Edwards, I, I think he will step up. I don't know as much about Carl Anthony Towns, but I know Anthony Edwards. I know his personality. I know the type of competitor he is. I think he will step up to tomorrow night. I, yeah, I really I mean, do. This this game defines the series. If we lose tomorrow, then we're we're gonna lose the series. If we win tomorrow, we got a shot at winning it. So I mean, <laughs> you can't go down three one against the Grizzlies. And uh, I think we should touch on Ant, I guess, a little bit. Um, I think. <sighs> It's tough because, you know, he got a dead leg or a dead knee. I don't, I don't know, whatever. Like, I think he just gets timid when he thinks he's hurt. Because, I, he, I mean, his three ball was going down actually okay last night before the injury. I mean, he hit some big threes, actually, I should say, pretty big threes. But he only resorts that – he only resorted to that after he hurt his knee or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. I, I, like, he didn't drive. And that, like we saw in the first game, what's the best Anthony Edwards? It's the one that gets to the rim and then you're scared of him and then he can work the perimeter. It's two dimensional, kind of the same thing as Cat. Yeah. Cat's so, the I opposite. Mean, we, need, we need Ant to get into the paint. I, there's no other way to put it. I think that's, I think he knows that and I think he'll do it next game. I don't see it. He's, he's a young cat, Chris. He's a young kid. If you guys don't know me and Chris, we kind of, we do look like baby face killers but um anthony edwards is younger than both of us like he's a, he is a really young guy he's still figuring it out i think i i just if anthony edwards is the player that i think he is that i believe he is there's just no way he doesn't play good on saturday i just think that he's he's that type of player where he, he will show up better man we need him we, we need him bad i mean and another point of optimism i want to talk about is if you look at a game like last night, it wasn't the Memphis Grizzlies. I don't know what the hell's up with my audio. Yeah, I think what you're saying, the Timberwolves beat themselves last night. That is it wasn't sure. it wasn't the big bad Memphis Grizzlies that came in and beat us. It was the big bad Minnesota Timberwolves that beat ourselves. So if you're trying to look for optimism is game one, we dominated. Game two, we kind of beat ourselves, but they, they had a pretty good game. Game three we beat ourselves. Like, it's not like we've gotten really killed by the Grizzlies. So I don't know. I really season, am season season series at two, two. Hopefully we even up the playoff series two, two. Yeah, I really, I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to be honest. Like um, for me and you, man, this, this game has a lot more significance than I think people understand. And that's, that's what I think made last night hurt because I remember sitting there, like when we were up by 26, I was like, hell yeah. I'm finally going to a playoff game. Me and Chris got tickets to game six, lower level. 
I'm like, because all we needed was one more win. I'm like, there we go. Next Friday, I'm going to the Target Center. I can't wait. And then when that game gets lost, now now we're looking at a spot where if we lose two more, we're done. We don't even get to come back, and we don't even get to go to the game. So, that's I, what... I, I, hey, I think I'm gonna predict them to win the game, and I never, I. I mean, I haven't picked them once the series. I think I picked them. I picked against them all three games. I'm pretty sure. But I am legitimately picking the Timberwolves to win a tough, tough fought game against the Grizzlies. I, I really am. I'm going to pick them game four. And you know what? I really, I really hope that Carl Anthony Towns, I don't know if 50 is what I want, but I want Shoot him to score. damn threes. I want Carl. I want to do. And, okay, oh, this is another <laughs> thing, I guess. I, just to get back, because I've been thinking a lot about this. I've been thinking a lot about what I was going to say on this podcast. But um, if you're Coach Finch and you're looking at this game, I think the first, like, five possessions maybe have some scripted play calls. I know they don't really do that in the NBA often, but almost like um, in the NFL, you know. Coming out of halftime at the NFL, yeah. Sure. Or like even in the NFL, in the first the first couple possessions, they usually have them scripted. Yeah, and so you, the, the the funny thing is, is the worst game we played, in my opinion, game two. I like I think we played worse in game two actually than we played in game three. They had Cat coming off pin down screens. They had him running around the perimeter, and guys weren't able to keep up with them. Um, I think they got to do that again. I think they got to run some pin down screens, get them to the perimeter, shot fake, shoot the shot, or try to go to the rack. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think what I'm saying is key, they need to get Carl Anthony Towns some three pointers early in the game, even if he doesn't make them, just to get him shooting, just get him shooting. Maybe first couple of, if if Carl Anthony Towns shoots a shot on the first possession, I think I think that that right there is going to tell you how the game's going to go. Because I, I I firmly believe that the coaching staff that's what they're looking at. They they got to say, hey, when Carl Anthony Towns is making threes and driving to the hoop, our whole team, everyone plays better when Carl's on. So we got to do every single thing we can to get Carl a three to start. Dude, the game. It's just, it's like unreal to me that he took four shots. The more we talk about it, but it's like, not though. Cause he's done that shit before. I remember being on this podcast and coming on and being like, why the hell did Carl Anthony towns shoot like five shots tonight? Like he does this some, sometimes. I don't know like, why. It's like, I, I don't <laughs> think about four shots though. Like if I was, if I was, a, I mean, Malik shoots what? Like 10 at least. Well, dude, um, what's his face? Who? What's his name? Or Jalen Noel? When he gets in the game, he shoots ten shots. He shot ten shots in game two. Oh God! I, I think, think about that. I think that was a mistake not trying to bring him in for some offense on that run too. I think yeah. we needed him badly again. And that I, this is I, I don't know. I I got a lot. I got a lot to talk about honestly. But um. Someone's in your library. Thanks. So. But no, I understand. It's like, it, I don't know, man. It's tough to talk about. Like, it's like you got to me as a coach in the NBA or as an NBA team, you got to have some plays that when they're going on a 10 0 run, you got to have a play that just isn't easy. Dude, what the? All right, one second. I'm pausing. All right, guys. Sorry, someone came into my uh, into my office here and was had some questions, so I had to pause real quick. But um, glad to get that out of the way. As I was saying, Chris, is that in the NBA, when it seems like the refs are willing to call fouls all the time, 
when a team is on at least a 10-0 run, I think you have to have a play where you can get someone cut into the basket, at least put yourself in a position where you can get some free throws and at least get some get some points or at least have a play where, hey, this play is in the back of my pocket. I can pull it out and I'll get a bucket every time. I, I just feel like that should be something that an NBA team with the best offense in the league should be able to have a play that is an automatic bucket. Yeah, I mean, I you said it best. I think just they look like they weren't running anything. They're just kind of one on one and just take shitty shots. And when they take shitty shots, like it allows Memphis to lower. run. It allows John ja Morant to get on the break. It allows John ja Morant to make plays. It, it allows John ja Morant to show why he's one of the most exciting players in the league. Um, another thing is, I, I just I want to touch more on. I don't understand how people are so easy to give up on Cat. I really don't. I just, I just do people not understand how good of a player Carl is. I think people obviously understand how good he is. I think it's just the mental, the mental aspect of him. Just, uh, I don't know. He's like a shell sometimes on the court and you can like see it. And like, it's just, I, it's the fouling. I mean, he's, I, I actually didn't know this stat. Um, he had the second most fouls in the NBA this year. In 2017, he had the most fouls. And in 2018, he had the most fouls in the NBA again. I didn't yeah, and, know that. And what happened to him not complaining? Remember how he came on, he came out in the post game one game and he said, I'm done complaining. I realize it looks bad. He took accountability, looked at himself in the mirror and said, I'm going to do this differently. And for a while there, he was doing a lot better. He wasn't complaining. So I don't know what has changed, but. That's a thing where when you complain to the refs, if you've played basketball or if you know anything about basketball or you know anything about refs and their egos, if you complain to a ref and tell them they made a horrible call, you know what they're going to do the rest of the game? They're going to pick on you. They're going to try to find more plays that they're going to try to, they're going to put a magnifying glass on you and try to get more fouls on you. And I think that that's something that every single game now, when Carl Anthony Towns plays, the refs are looking at him and like, trying to call him fouls on him because they don't like him because he makes every single time he calls a foul, they call a foul on him. He complains. Even if it is one of the most egregious calls, they will always complain. He will always complain. And refs hate that shit. I'm, Dude, I'm and you. the thing was the refs last night, credit to them were super, super. Like they took so much shit from both teams. I am surprised at the lack of technical fouls. Like that's how it should be in the playoffs. And I, I credit them for that because cat, could have he could have easily got ejected this game with how much he was whining on the sideline and well let's calls um when is it time for the nba to look at the challenge challenge rules i think or the review because there was an egregious play where egregious call where john morant kicks the ball out of bounds that was and, true. I couldn't believe my eyes. And how, why can't they review that? I feel like in college basketball, if there's a play and they don't know the call and if they can just go over and review it, like, I feel like with the technology we have and the stakes we have, cause I don't know. I feel like if that, that, that was right before they went on the huge run. It, I think that was one of the first baskets of the run and that should not have happened at all. Cause John Morant clearly kicked the ball out of bounds. 
He did. They went right off his foot. Like I couldn't believe that when I, I was. So I just don't see how like there's no like review process or there's no like hey I don't know who the ball went out of bounds. I, I we... think you don't mean the challenge rules. I think you just no. don't mean the review rules. Right? Well, I what no I do the review rules and I also want to talk about the challenge calls, which is the stupidest thing ever. I don't get why when you get a challenge right, you lose your challenge. You don't get to keep it. Even though that or, didn't affect or, us, or I think if you if you use your challenge and it gets taken away, you should get one per half done, right? Sure, At least. sure. Or but if you challenge a call and they say, "Yeah, you know what? You're right. We made a mistake on that." If they say, "Yeah, we're right. You made a mistake. We made a mistake on that," then why don't you get to keep your challenge? Like I don't understand how then because they made a mistake, now you're punished, and later in the game you don't get to challenge them again. Yeah, no, I under I, that doesn't I make that. any sense. And if well, they copied the challenge from the NFL, right? Why didn't they just copy? No, the they, same they thing? didn't copy it because the NFL gets their challenge back. No, I'm saying like the idea of a challenge, yeah, was started in the NFL. So why didn't they just copy it? Everything like the same, the same rules, the same everything about it. I don't get it. Stupid. Yeah, no, I agree it, that is that. just stupid. I don't know. It, they need to. They need to rethink about that. They need to rethink about the. Uh, but that's why I think it's even more important because we only get one. So, like, if if you're gonna get one challenge, I like with how cats been fouling, I feel like your one challenge has to go towards a cat foul. Like, mm. if you know it's not a foul on cat, you you gotta like you gotta keep him in the. But that's, that's why, such that's a... why we lost. Like, I mean, the past two games we lost because he was in foul trouble. But it's really hard to re to overturn a foul call. I think is something that it, it's way harder to overturn a foul call. Agree, like, but I think you got to take the shot because I I'm that is why we lost these two. Games. I think Cat would have would have weathered a run. Like I I really do think he would have weathered at least one of those runs if he was not in foul trouble. Because he's scared. He plays when he's out there and he has fouls. He plays scared. He doesn't play defense, and then he's lenient on offense because he doesn't want to get a charge. Like it's it it makes sense. I mean it, it makes sense why he only had eight points. It, I think what we. A, a, a fair thing to say is I think the most dangerous version of cat is Carl Anthony towns in the fourth quarter with only two fouls. Exactly. If I he think when he's freely. not, when he's playing freely and not playing with the chain around his ankle and like just carrying like, like just carrying the weight of knowing, Hey, if I get one more foul, I'm done for the, I'm done for the half. I'm done for the quarter when he can just go out and play free, not worry about getting a charge. That is when he so he's got to figure that shit out, and that's coaching. That's Carl maybe looking in the mirror and being like, "Hey, shit, I I do I do foul sometimes." Okay, and that's the thing. That, that's why people don't like him. Is he he they he want can't. that so bad, and he he hasn't done it for seven years. He can't stop fouling, and he can't stop thinking he's right about every call. And I, like at some point, you got to think like, "Oh my god, I'm wrong every single time about this thing." Like that's like a math problem. I'm like. I think I'm doing it right, but the teacher says, no, you're doing it the wrong way, and you keep thinking you're doing it the right way. At some point, you got to be like, shit, maybe. At some point, you got to change your method and look like, ugh. Yeah, he's very frustrating. But I guess the point I was trying to say is when LeBron James plays a bad game, people are mad at LeBron James, but they're not saying we're done with LeBron James. That's that's where I want to go, like – you LeBron can be mad. Doesn't have any bad playoff games. Is the issue though? He, he does. A bad example. Okay. He does. But... He he's never had these past two games. Fine. Like cat. All right. All right. Who is another player that everyone can agree is a superstar that sometimes plays bad? Does Giannis ever have bad games? Gobert. I think Gobert is a good good example. But Gobert, no, that's a Gobert. Gobert is not a superstar. I would you rather? Fuck. I don't know. 
like Devin Booker, fine. Maybe if Devin Booker has a bad game, people are like, shit, Devin Booker played bad. He did all these things wrong. I'm mad at him, but he's still Devin Booker. I think that's kind of what I wish people were saying about Carl Anthony Towns is I'm mad at Carl Anthony Towns, blah, 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 but he's still Carl Anthony Towns. He's still one of the best big man shooters of all time. I like but that's the thing. No, no, like there's no comparison to Cat because like no, no top 15 player does what Cat does. It's, can you name it like a like Kate? Okay, Katie had one bad game his last game, so did Kyrie. But you know, it like you trust Katie to come back next game and give you buckets. You don't trust Carl to do that. He's never done it, he's never had a big playoff. I think, okay, you know, this this is I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm trying to figure out, but yeah, Carl has never proved it exactly. He's never proven he can come back from that, like he just did it twice in a row, right? So he's got to, he's got to prove it first. He's got to prove us wrong. I like that. I like that. And I hope he can, Chris. I really do. I hope tomorrow is a joyous day. Um, where I go to school, we have this thing called Case Day. You ever heard of that, Chris? Love Case Day. Case Day. I didn't know I didn't know it was a, it's a national thing though, right? Cuz like I thought the regular Case Day was last weekend. It was founded at St. John's. Okay. It, it might have it's on, if you look it up on Urban Dictionary, it um it says founded in St. John's, blah blah, blah. it's an annual thing. But the thing is, you're supposed to drink a case of beer. Now, I'm not saying I, I will do that. I don't think I will. But um, I'll be drinking the Bev Light. And I also will, will be wearing my green Carl Anthony Towns jersey. And after last night's game, I was, I was like, shit, now I can't even wear Carl's jersey. But I think that it's a way of, of standing up for Carl and just saying I believe in Cat. And I'm going to wear the green Carl Anthony Towns, the, the 50 point, the 60. Wait. It's loud and proud. Was it a 60-point game that he had this yeah. year? Yeah, it's it's almost unbelievable to say that, but the sixty point green, I'm wearing that. And are they what what jerseys are they wearing tomorrow? That's that's They're another wearing thing. the the um the cities tomorrow, I believe. It's either the cities or the white. They're not wearing the blue jerseys until past game four, I think. They haven't so released past game four. They're pulling out the greens. No, no, the cities. I think they were either wearing the oh, the tree jerseys or they were no. wearing the white jerseys. I can't believe you don't like the city edition. Those are so cool. Not anymore. Not anymore. I don't know though. What a, I like, I'll have to wear the cat jersey too, just to try to try to put some good vibes into the stadium. Just uh, you're gonna. That's gonna be tough because that's a nine o'clock game, Peyton. Yeah. You can't be. Yeah, you can't be passed out. <laughs> I won't. I won't. I'll, I'll, I'll rally. I'll save. I'll save some for the game. I'm excited, man. I really am because I just love watching games with other people who are like kind of Wolves fans, but like you know, not really. Of course. Um, sorry, my computer just said it was restarting in seven seconds. So good thing it didn't do that. But um, I love watching games with like people that don't know I have a Timberwolves a Timberwolves podcast and I'm just so into it and I just have so many random stats and they're like what the hell is wrong with this guy? <laughs> <laughs> like why is he so into this game? Like why is he almost crying that the Wolves are winning? And then why is he almost crying that the Wolves are like what, what's wrong with this guy? We can't I want to talk about that cuz like when we were up 51 to like 26 that was the most immense happiness I've ever felt from that basketball team in my life. Yeah, like, cuz I we were, was so happy. We we're going in a Oh God, I don't even want to talk about it, man. That was so fun. Like I even, I, I was watching the game with people. I said, I, I already said this in this podcast, but I, I literally told them, I'm like, this is the happiest I have ever been. And nothing can make me more happier right now. There's nothing you could tell me right now that could make me sad. Just watching this Timberwolves team go out here at home 
beat the Grizzlies. Now I get to go to game six. Like I was so happy. And then just to have all that crumble down. It's your heart ripped. Up. It is a heart, heart getting it. Honestly, down. it, I felt it in my heart. Like, you know, when you just feel something sad, like I genuinely felt pain from that game. Like it hurt. It, it really hurt. That's, that's all we know, man. It's just disappointment. And that but, it sucks. But remember when we were at the playing game and we were standing up there, I said, you know why this game feels so good? Because there's been so many times I have felt so bad for this team and it just feels so good to feel good. So like you can't feel that good if you've never felt this bad. It's all part of the process and it might not be this year, man, but at some point this team is going to be very good and we're going to enjoy feeling all that pain. I really do think that it's a good, so this is what, this is, this is the idea. I think after this podcast, now I'm, it's last game's flushed. It's on the four. It's done. Think man. about it. If, if I see any of you guys, I don't even watch you guys. If you're watching from this point, you can't comment anything about game three anymore in the comments. If you haven't commented already, it's over. All we're, we're flushing it and we can come back to this game. If we end up losing this series and we want to talk about what went wrong, we can come back, talk about this game. But for now, you can't talk about it. Let's move right on. Chris, have a great night, man. Um, hopefully good the library. Tonight. Yeah, get rested up. I'll get rested up. Huge game tomorrow. Everyone else, thank you for watching. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure to like this video. Have yourself a good night.